if you haven't noticed already, I am slowly making my way through as many of the Miss USA 2020 contestants as possible. These women are incredible. But today, I specifically chose Miss Texas USA 2020 Taylor Kessler to be on the show because I genuinely wanted to know more about her. If you check out her Instagram at Taylor Lee Kessler, you'll be like, girl, you are astoundingly beautiful. Like, you'll be blown away. She is so, so pretty. And as, you know, a, a woman, as a model, as a woman in fashion, I can appreciate that beauty. And obviously, prior pageant queen. But then, as someone who's been following her for a little bit, I was thinking, wait, 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 wait. Come on, Kelly. Like, there's a more to her than that. Like, if there's anyone who should know that, it's me. Like, I am the queen of being misunderstood. So she is probably very misunderstood as well. Like, she is not just a pretty face. So I reached out to her and I said, Taylor, my name's Kelly and I gotta have you on the show. And she graciously accepted the invitation to be on the show. This is our first conversation ever. We we didn't talk on the phone. We didn't text. I just wanted to interview her because she just seems like such an outstanding woman. I was right. Absolutely blown away by this conversation. It ended up being way less of an interview, way more of a conversation. And holy cow, was my suspicion correct. She is way more capital W than a pretty face. I mean, she has seen and experienced so much in her life. She survived domestic abuse and domestic violence. She's an advocate for it now. She is going through so much personally. She is involved in her community, even throughout COVID. She is striving for her dreams. She is working to be a face in the NFL. She is just doing so much and is still working to establish and help other women build confidence. And that is what I wanted to dissect as well. I said, how did you radiate this confidence? How did you do that? We get into all of that today. She texted me something really sweet prior to the show. And I said, Taylor, this show was all about being misunderstood. I just want to get into how you are misunderstood. And she get, she said, Kelly, I probably am the title holder for misunderstood. So if there was someone who might be the runner up to me, because <laughs> we all know I'm the queen of being misunderstood, hence the podcast, maybe it's Taylor. So strap in because this woman, she has a story to tell, and she's really incredible. Here is your Miss Texas 2020, Taylor Kessler. You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. 
All right. Welcome to the show, guys. This week, I have special, special guest, Taylor Kessler, Miss Texas, USA 2020. Taylor, welcome to Misunderstood. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You said Texas better than I say it. I love that. That was well, so because energy. Actual, fun fact, my whole family is originally from the South, but I haven't okay. lived in the South like in... 25 years. So I still like have those roots like in my soul. Like I'm like crawfish and Southern pride and you know, like let's go do a line <laughs> dance. Let's go pull out the boots. But I just haven't lived there in ages. So I like can't appreciate it, you know, but um, yeah, I love but it. I feel like a fraud because now I live in California. <laughs> so are you from Texas originally? Are you like born and bred Texas? Yeah, I am born and I've lived here my whole life. I actually spend my summers in California because my mom is from California, but I am a Texan at heart. And that is awesome. So you are like a real Texas USA. Well, Taylor, I've got to be honest with you from the get-go. We got into this a little bit earlier, but so for the fans out there, this is the first time I'm sitting down with Taylor. We didn't really have like a previous friendship. Well, we were like fans of each other, you know, before this. But <laughs> the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because I've been following you since you were crowned Miss Texas USA. This was August 2019, if I'm correct. So a little yeah. over a year ago. And this is when I was still competing. So I was prepping for Miss California. You were the first to get crowned in the class of 2020. So, you know, deep down, I'm like, who's this chick? You know, I got to keep my eye on her. Like, who is this competition? But also I was like, wait, holy cow. She's like mega crazy pretty. Like Miss Universe. Pretty and beautiful. <laughs> then we have mutual friends. And I feel like I recently reconnected with your page. I'm like, wait, she's also so sweet and awesome. And I just wanted to do this little like expose on you. Because I know that there's more yeah. to you. Then your face. Everyone's going to see you, you and they're going to see your beautiful smile and your beautiful gown and, you know, your look. And that's like, you know, what captures people. But like, I was like, you know what? I want to capture the essence of Taylor. I also can't be superficial. Like there's more to Taylor than just her looks and just her crown and like just being Miss Texas USA. That right there is what's misunderstood. <laughs> Am I right? Everyone just sees, oh, like the crown, the sash and the whole outer appearance, but they don't think there's anything more than just that. So definitely excited to unveil who I really am. Yes. Well, okay. So where did this passion come from? Not just getting into pageantry, but like pageantry is all about a platform. It's all about giving you mm -hmm. a microphone to speak your voice and to make a difference. That starts from somewhere. I mean, at what point in your life where you're like, you know what, I want to do more. I want to start making a difference. Always had that person in me. Even at a young age, I was somebody that always wanted to go the extra mile, whether it was joining extracurricular activities. I was a part of like best buddies. I worked with pals, which I worked with younger kids. I was very focused on not just benefiting myself, but benefiting others growing up. So that passion has always been in me. I'm somebody that wears their heart on their sleeve. And I say that my passion is people. I had in me since I was born. I will always put my sister before me, whoever it is. Even if I don't know you, I've always gone the extra mile. And like, if we're at a pageant, I'm like, or take mine, I'll give you this, or let me zip you up and then I'll get myself ready. I've always been that girl. 
So it's just kind of been in me since day one. And then I've found things that I've cared about, such as domestic violence and the power of positivity, like bringing awareness to both of those things. And so it's just given me a bigger platform to speak on. So on that note, I was reading through your bio before this and, you know, wanting to get to know more about you and like who you are. And that's one of the first things that I saw. I saw the word domestic violence. And, you know, as a member of the military, we receive a lot of training on how to identify it or how to work with, like as an officer, how to be there for sailors who are going through it. And so it's something that is really like important to me, but to be honest, not something I expected to see on Taylor Kessler's bio for Miss Texas USA 2020. Like when you sent it to me and emailed it over this morning, that really blew me away. Cause again, like I just judging you from the outside, you just, you look like you have it just all together and this so perfect and the perfect hair and the perfect skin. Like what is your experience on this topic? Like this is such a serious thing that a lot of women without your platform are going through and they would never, ever know. No one would ever know that you've been through something like this. Yeah. And that's just, it really is that a lot of people don't know when somebody is going through an abusive relationship. I was 18. I had just left for college and I met someone that was older than me. He was an athlete at my school and I just fell in love with him and I lost all sense of who I was. I was somebody that was so outgoing, so confident, so involved, so passionate. And when I entered the ship, I just lost all sense of that. It's probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in my lifetime. You know, when you're in an abusive relationship, and I'm sure you've learned through your trainings, like one of the first things that they do is to make you feel vulnerable, make you feel like they, you need them. It's like a dependency. Uh-huh. And at 18, I was just so lost. I was not sure who I was. I didn't know what my voice was or what I was going to do. And I leaned on this guy that I was like, he gave me the world. He made me feel so confident. And then that's how it starts. And then later down the road, he tore me apart mentally. I had lost all sense of who I was. I felt so weak. I wasn't confident. And, you know, my family and friends, they all knew something was wrong, but they couldn't put their finger on the point because they were like, on social media, you just look so happy. We see you and you're like, you're fine. And like, that's just the person I am. I've always been somebody that kind of covers up their feelings And, you know, I went through this for months and months and months and, you know, it started off emotional and very verbal. And then it ended up being a physical, it's just one of those things where, you know, I never thought I was going to be the statistic. I, you know, I mean, there's 20 people every minute that get abused and you never think that it's going to be you, but it happens. And when that happens, you just take a step back and you're like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? How did I get here? And what's crazy is I joined a sorority at the time and our whole platform was domestic violence and sexual assault awareness. And so I was learning about what an abusive relationship is, how you overcome it, how you can help people overcome an abusive relationship, things like that. And I'm prepping myself to help somebody in an abusive relationship. Little did I know the person I'm helping is myself. And so that was kind of an eye-opening moment for me when it became too much. I will never forget it. It was my freshman year, my first semester was when I started to realize I like was going down this rabbit hole and I just kind of kept moving forward with it. And I was like, you know, he loves me. Like, it's fine. Like it's me. I'm not, he's not the issue. It's my fault. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things. And I'll never forget when I ended the relationship, 
it was the last time he had ever put his hands on me. And I was studying for a, a final exam and he calls me at 3 a.m. and he had been drinking. He was 23, I was 18. And he was like, can you pick me up? And like, was being very aggressive. And I'll never forget the words he told me. He was like, I should have never dated you. You are the worst person to ever happen to me. It's always about you. And you know what? I gave up everything for this man. And I was like, I don't understand how that, that's possible. And he ended up throwing me against his wall. And I was like, it was like, it's kind of a metaphor. I'm like, I hit the wall, it hit me that I can't let myself go through this anymore because I don't know where else it would have gone. And so it was just a wake up call for me at that point. And it wasn't until a few months after actually that I finally told somebody. And the first time I had ever told anybody I was really in an abusive relationship was a speech that I gave and my parents were in the audience. And that was the first time anybody found out I was in an abusive relationship. And I remember seeing my dad after and he was just bawling his eyes out. And I've had so many people come up to me and be like, your strength in telling your story and being open about what you've been through has now opened my eyes and like made me realize like I'm going through that too. And I need to speak up on this. Like this is so important. So there's a lot of strength when it comes to vulnerability. And that's something that I find is important to use. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. That is so heavy, but so heartfelt and it touches me. I mean, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Can't even imagine at that age. But secondly, why did you feel even afterward like you couldn't go to your parents? You know, is there something do you regret not immediately sharing that with close family members? Or looking back, do you think you would have done anything differently? No, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I think I would have left sooner, if anything. Yeah. But for me, it was just my timing, my story, my life. You know, I think Mm -hmm. everything's in God's timing. And I felt very vulnerable. And when you're going through an abusive relationship, one of the things is that you lose your self-confidence. I was too scared to tell anybody what I had gone through. You know, he was a very popular person on my campus. Everyone loved him. He was like the it person on my campus. All my friends were friends with him. So I was like, I can't tell them this. They're not going to believe me. Mm -hmm. I also was very embarrassed because I am supposed to be this outgoing, confident, empowered woman that's independent. That's what everyone saw me as. Mm -hmm. But little did they know I was going through all of this. And I was like, I can't say that because then I lose all ability for who I am. And what I've gone through when an abusive relationship is exactly who I am. It makes me who I am. It is now my driving force to help others because I would never want my worst enemy to go through this. I think I was just too scared to tell anybody because I was like, I don't want them to think less of me. Yeah. Wow. Which is obviously not the case at all. But I feel no. like that's a, that's what so many people think whenever they're going through something like that. And that's the perfect segue into my next thing because I've never been through like a domestic violence situation or relationship, thankfully. But, you know, I've had friends who've experienced it or, you know, I've gone through like the emotional Mm-hmm. Now looking back, I'm like, I was like borderline emotional abuse, you know, with things that they're saying or they're controlling. And wow. one of the things I feel like people don't realize is kind of a sign is whenever you're too afraid to share with people. If you're too afraid to share with your friends or too afraid to share with your best friend because you're like deep down kind of know how they're going to react. Like it's not going to be like, 
oh my gosh, he forgot to give me, you know, this on my birthday or, oh my goodness, he didn't plan our Friday night date or, oh, he's just driving me a little crazy. Like it's not like a normal or little argument you're having with your boyfriend. It's like a deep rooted issue. And so deep down, you know, your best friend or your friends are going to be like, um, Kel, I think that there's a big problem here. So you just don't say anything because you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to, you almost don't even want to hear it because you're like, I know that they're going to tell me what I'm already kind of thinking and I'm just going to like suppress it because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I think it's a hard pill to swallow. Unfortunately, like you don't want to know that you're going through an abusive relationship at the time. And, you know, I wish I honestly would have said something about what he said to me, to my, my friend, they probably would have been like, Taylor, like, come on, red flag, red flag. Like that is a red flag because the things he said to me, man, like abuse is horrible in all forms, but I think emotional abuse is probably the worst because you'll never, like the scars will fade, but you will never forget the way that they made you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important to be so kind to everybody. Cause you never know what anyone's going through. And if somebody is going through that, you don't need to make them feel any worse about themselves. Right. So be kind to everybody. That's like my one thing that I will preach on every single day. But yeah, I just, I think they could tell something was wrong because I wasn't around as much. I wasn't involved as much. And I just was very too scared to say anything. And, you know, I wish I would have, but I think it makes my story so much stronger because people are like, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm too scared to say something, but she finally spoke up and look at the weight that's lifted off of her. Like, look what she's able to accomplish now, like that she can talk about this. Yeah, seriously. Look at everything that you're doing now. I mean, just your resume in itself is so incredibly impressive, but you know, to those women or men or those of you who are in those positions now, Taylor, what would you say? I know that you volunteer a lot and work with people who are like Mm -hmm. in domestic violence situations or maybe overcoming them. What advice would you give to those people who are trying to figure out either how to get out of that situation or just next steps in general? I think the first thing I want you guys to know is that you are not alone. Like I always thought like it's the road less traveled. Like I'm by myself, like not many people go through this, but there are so many people that are going through an abusive relationship right now. And we understand and we are here for you. Like we believe you. There are ways to find help. Of course, like reach out to your woman shelter, reach out to the shelters around and you can stay there telling you right now. I've seen so many women that have been like, I'm too scared to leave. I can't leave. That's the first thing we're trained in is how we can get you out of the situation and do a safe. So if you are in that that area, please search up a woman or even just find somebody that you can trust. Outlets in that form is the best. Do not hide this from anybody. Please speak up about what you're going through. Um, Thank you so much, Taylor. And and also, I want to include some show notes with some links to resources. I know, like I said before, that you're you're very active and involved in in that community. And I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible that you have decided not to be silent and not to be quiet. You're taking this platform to the Miss USA stage, which is huge. We brought it to Miss Texas USA, already huge. You know, like that's something to be said that you've just decided to hold on to this experience and grow from it, mature mm-hmm. from it, speak out about it and impact others and not hide behind it. People tend, you know, they react in their own ways and they process and they grow in their own ways. But I just really commend you for doing this. I think that's absolutely incredible. I had no idea, absolutely no idea until this morning I opened up your bio and I was just like, what? 
floored. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the journey since like, clearly you done so much. I saw that you have like a passion for sideline reporting and you want to be in the NFL and work for the NFL and you're doing broadcasting and, you know, have all these dreams and hopes and goals. Like what has life been for you? Like since you left college and you're now in Texas and like you have these goals in, in your dreams after overcoming something like that? You know, it was a long road to find my confidence again when it comes to victims of domestic violence. I think that's the number one thing I really hone in on is finding who you are, finding your passions, because that's really what's going to motivate you to get you out of it. You know, it's always focusing on the next step and not what's in your past. Yes, your Mm -hmm. past happened, but it's not what's going to define the person. What's going to define you is how you move forward from it. So it took a lot to get there. I think this was five years ago. And so I had to find my voice and find things I cared about. And so I focused really hard when it came to school. I was like, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this deter me from anything that I want to do or want to be. I was like, I'm Taylor Kessler. Like I can do this. Like I'm somebody that's strong and competitive and compassionate. I was like, you have to use that and motivate yourself and realize like I didn't exercise myself. And I wrote down all of my greatest accomplishments and what I'm wanting to accomplish and what did I do to get those accomplishments beforehand? And how can I picture that now to what I'm doing? So of course I'm going to college. I graduated. Like I was an athlete. I did all of these things, X, Y, and Z. This is my goal. I want to be at Miss USA. I want to work with the NFL. I want to be a sports reporter. I was like, I want to work in a male dominated industry and not let that stop me. Yes. Because I'm a female. Ladder for the people in the back. What's up? (laughs) So I wrote all these things down. I was like, okay, what made me get to this point? Well, you're extremely competitive. You're driven. You don't let anything stop you. You don't listen to the word no. <laughs> the number yeah. one one, I was like, you don't listen to no, capital no, circled, <laughs> underlined, exclamation <laughs> point. Like you don't listen to it. Because if I would have, like that would have stopped me so many times. Like the amount of times I've been told, you're never going to be Miss Texas USA. You're never going to compete for Miss USA. You'll never be a model. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, that's what you say. That's what you think. Watch me do it. Like, watch me get there and watch me succeed. That's the best feeling. And so I just I had mean, to remember why did who even, I was. Like, why? Like, why did even people think that? I know you right now, like the way you look right now and the way you are right now. And like, you're yeah. so well-spoken and polished and, and amazing. But like, who were these people and where was that coming from? Like, why do they even say that? It's funny because it was actually like the people that I thought were my friends growing up and they just kind of tore me down. I mean, my views and what I wanted in my life is not the typical life of many people. People are like, oh, let's go to college. Let's do the four-year plan. Let's get a career. And yes, I wanted to do that, but I wanted so much more. I wanted mm-hmm. to be Miss USA. I wanted to model. I wanted to do all of these different things. And that just wasn't a typical lifestyle in the town that I grew up in. And I was like, I can't keep myself inside this box. I'm not somebody that somebody that belongs in a box. I deserve so much more. I can, yeah. you can overcome everything and you can accomplish anything. So Absolutely. I was really putting myself outside the box, you know, Isn't I didn't it, let what people said to me. It's so interesting. I feel like now it's a little bit of both by going through that growing process. It's always kind of like the people that are closest to you that are like, um, why are you doing that? Or, you know, they're like serving this judgment or like serving their comments. Now I realize looking back, like they were not my real friends, (laughs) you know, um, because it was often (laughs) 
stated with like their own insecurities or their own frustrations or like their own frustration with like where they were going, you know, or whatever it was or their lack of drive. But now that I have like the right people in my circle, they're like, heck yeah, go do that. Do Sports Illustrated, be a model. You could be this, like, I think it's amazing. Like I found the right people. Now it's the opposite. Now it's like, you know, the trolls online who are like, I can't believe you think that's possible. That's so crazy. So um, luckily I have like the inner circle that's strong, but I feel like starting out, you know, I had those people, but I really weeded them out as life has moved forward because initially you have to just not listen to them. Like you have to listen to yourself and your abilities. And like you said, like all those qualities about yourself. I, I was the exact same way. I was like, I am meant for more than Stafford, Virginia. That's where I'm from. Small town in Virginia. And no one leaves that. No one leaves. They call them the Stafford All-Stars because they just stay there their whole life. And I was like, I'm going to join the military and I'm going to get my college paid for and I'm going to travel the world. Meanwhile, I want to have a business. And then I like landed into pageantry and like somehow got into modeling and like just kept doing all these things like every year. Yeah. And as people, the people who stayed in my circle with people were like, yeah, love it. Keep doing it. Great. Awesome. Why not do that? I I think that's amazing. The people who were like, I don't understand. I'm like, all right, well, you just don't get me then. At this point, you shouldn't be shocked. You should be like, that's Kelly. Like, I'm not shocked you're doing that, you know? So I think that's really interesting for you to kind of touch on because there's a lot of people who are trying to bring you down from the start and you have to listen to who you are and listen to your heart first and believe in that before it even happens. Like before you're ever Miss Texas USA, before you have the accomplishments. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I've had this dream since I was four years old. Like I've said it and made it loud and made it known since I was four. I was like, I'm going to be Miss Universe. My mom's like, sure, Taylor, you don't even brush your hair. Like you're such a tomboy. Like I was a little skater chick. If you knew me when I was young, I would get on the skateboard. I would rip it. Like I could do an ollie. Like I could do tricks. Like I was a skater chick. And my mom's like, yeah, sure. Like not glitz and glam whatsoever. Sure, Miss Universe. You go do that skater girl (laughs) trick over there. That's amazing. Uh, It's just funny because like I wasn't that way. I was an athlete. Like I played every single sport you could think of besides like a couple. Like I didn't play soccer or softball and basketball. Those were the three sports I was horrible at. So I didn't, I did not do that, but I was an athlete. That's why what I did with my time, I loved it. It was extremely competitive. And you know, what better way? I can be competitive in tennis shoes. I can be competitive in heels. Like I can do it all. And so I didn't let what these people said to me. You know, I remember in eighth grade, we had to make a scrapbook, which is kind of funny. I'm all about vision boards and like manifestation. And I made a scrapbook in eighth grade and I hadn't started competing yet. It was like five-year plan. What do you want for your life? I had a whole page and I said, I want to be Miss Texas USA, Miss USA and Miss Universe. Like written out, like wrote it down, had the year, had it all. And I was like, that's the goal. That's what I want. Like, that's all I've ever wanted. And so everyone knew I wanted to compete in pageants. Like I loved it. And like Olivia Culpa was my idol. Like I just idolized her. And so everyone knew this is what I wanted to do. Side note. And they were like, I literally just described you as the next Olivia Culpa to my boyfriend. I'm not <laughs> joking. Because I told him, I was Thank like, you. I have an agenda. I was like, I have an agenda. I'm interviewing Taylor Kessler this morning for the podcast. And he was like, oh, like, do you know her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, like, I don't know her personally. 
I will now, <laughs> but I was like, my agenda is she's always been a front runner to me. I was like, she like is very, very well spoken. But since the day I saw her, I'm like, she's like, if Olivia Colpo had like Cherokee Indian, that's what you have like Cherokee Indian and you don't. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. Olivia Colpo doesn't I'm like that is what she reminds me of. And he, <laughs> Olivia Colpo is because of me. But I just said that to him. I was like, I get that vibe from you, which we all know is like a huge compliment because love Thank Olivia. you. Yes. But okay. So it's everyone's goal. It is everyone's goal. Seriously. It's crazy. She's just, she's the goal. she broke the mold. They broke the mold with her. Yeah, she did. But God, now that I know that you're so invested in this, like I'm going to be peeled to the TV on no- November yeah. 8th, right? Is whenever you, yeah. okay, be like, oh my God, I know. November, you know how hard she's November, worked. November 9th. November 9th. Yeah. All right. So eighth grade, you wanted to be Miss Universe. I think that's amazing. Did you start competing in pageants as like a teenager? Yeah, I started at Texas Teen. Talked to my mom at 16 and I competed for Texas Teen for the first time. I was 17 years old, but I had done prelims because we do prelims in Texas. I don't, yeah. I'm like, so we do like Miss Houston, Miss Dallas, Miss San Antonio, like all of our cities. Like, I mean, there's 120 of us that compete in Texas. So it was just a lot. And you know, what better way to start than start now? I know some of these girls have competed their whole lives and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. My first pageant ever was Miss Houston Teen. And I had no clue what I was doing. And I like looked up as much as I can. My mom and I took like a crash course. I had weeks to get ready. I prep literally in the smallest amount of time that I can. So the past two years I've competed for Texas. This year I had a month to get ready for Miss Texas USA. And then the year before I had like three. Why do you do that? That's so stressful. Things just happen. It's really in God's timing, I think. (laughs) Well, this, this year... I'm sweating over here thinking about that. I prepped for nine months for You're Miss like, California. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, what? Oh my goodness. In, 20, in 2019, in March of 2019, I was in a car accident where I fractured my spine. So I was in a back brace for seven months. And they were like, you're going to be in a back race. Like you won't be able to beat for Texas. Like you're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, no, 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 no. And moving forward, I'm going to compete. Like I want to compete. Like I just want to get on the stage. I don't even care if I place. I just want to say that I got there and I did it. Mm-hmm. Like I have to. And they were like, okay, the month before Miss Texas, they were like, you can compete. Like we'll clear you to like start training. You have to wear a back race. I wore a smaller back race. The first back race, I'll send you a photo of it. I had a metal bar up to my neck. Like. I was in a huge back brace. Like, have you ever seen House Bunny and the girl yes. with the back brace? Yes. That was my, oh my that was me. That, wow. was, that was literally what I was in. And I was in it for seven months. And somebody that's normally active and they, I couldn't work out, I was literally walking. The only thing I could do was walk. So for seven months, every day, I would walk five miles a day. Well, I didn't start off with five miles. I started off with like a half mile. And then I would walk every single day. You can train, but you have to be very careful. You have physical therapy. Like I was doing all these things wow. that they needed me to do as well, prepping for USA. It was great because it wasn't about winning for me at that point. It was just making my goal of being on that stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, I just really wanted to be there. Like, that's all I wanted. Like, I just wanted the experience. I was like, because I had such a horrible year before that. I was like, there were so many things that happened. I can't even tell you, like leading up to Miss Texas, I was like, I just want to be there. That's all I want. I just want that good time. Like I thoroughly enjoy competing. I love mm-hmm. it. And so I competed and then somehow, some way I ended up winning this year. And it was, it oh, was a crazy God. experience. 
but yeah, month to get ready. I just really, for sure. really believe I'm the same way. God's timing and everything happens for a reason. I think there's a reason why the women from this class were hand selected because the more and more I talk to you ladies, like that were, that are the title holders for this year, there's so many of you that have had life experiences that have cultivated patience and tenacity and drive and patience and more patience. And it's like, <laughs> yep, that's being a queen in 2020. Like this whole year has just been waiting and being patient for Miss USA and not knowing if there was going to be a Miss USA. And I've talked about it a lot on previous podcasts as well, but typically Miss USA is in May and you guys know the schedule and you, it's on Fox and it's very clear and mm-hmm. cut and dry and you just don't know where it's going to be at. And this year with COVID, you just didn't know. So I feel like your background with the slow growth and physical therapy and the process, it's like, this is nothing new for you. Like the patience in this process, you've been there, you've done that, you got the t-shirt, like yeah. you're here for your second round of it. <laughs> you're a pro. So you really are yeah. like veteran at this. You're the perfect person to be going into this for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like there are definitely moments during this year where I was like, man, like God really chose me to be Miss Texas USA during a worldwide pandemic. I was like, it's fine. Like I had to figure it out because there was moments like during quarantine when I was like, I'm a social person. I love to be around people, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I had to find like, okay, you know, there are millions of people that are at home doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. Like wondering what's next, what we're going to do and motivate them, push them, Mm -hmm. make them do something else. Think outside the box, do something new, creative, like this doesn't have to be a spot where you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do. Like, this isn't a stagnant moment. This is what's going to propel you forward. You have to keep yep. moving forward and just look at the future. So I just never stopped. I just yeah. have to keep moving. And I think that's the one thing that like I've learned in my life is just to be flexible because, you know, life is going to throw things at you and you just have to roll with it. Because yeah. if you don't, then you're going to be focused on that one part of your past. And that's just not living life. You want to live. Exactly. That... I feel like is this year has been so freaking weird. And I'm the exact same way. I just moved to LA last year. And so I just had this idea, just like I'm sure you thought you had this idea of like what Miss Texas would be like. (laughs) I had this idea of like what my life in LA would be like. I'm like, I'm going to be like Kim K and be in Beverly Hills, (laughs) brunches. Where's the red carpet? Like Miss California, USA, here I come. Like I just had this whole idea. I was like buying a wardrobe. My Shein cart was at like $500. I was like, all these appearances. Nope, didn't happen. Like good thing I didn't buy all the stuff in my Shein cart. Instead, we're inside. Didn't make like hardly any friends. Have just had such a different experience but I've had to mentally shift into like what I can control. The podcast has been amazing. And like my online presence has been amazing. And I've been able to like foster these different things instead. Like Instagram has been so interesting this year because I feel like I've always put a lot of like thought into like my audience and providing a powerful Mm -hmm. message. But when you're in quarantine, it's like all you can do (laughs) is like, all right, well, I got my internet friends. So what am I going to tell them today that's going to be powerful and inspiring? And that really helped me build my following through quarantine. Like my following grew tremendously throughout 2020 
just because I really had like only online platforms, you know, we're not out in public yeah. stuff, which on the one hand kind of sucks. Cause like I miss interacting with people face to face, but on the other hand, like that's still cool because you still have like this yeah. whole online world to connect with people. So it's not totally shot. It's like the power of positivity is still there, but yeah, we're just going to throw 2020 just unique in itself but I'm with you. Like I'm a very social person too. So it's been challenging, but I'm trying to find like the small wins here and there. And what I ended up focusing on in 2020 wasn't a total wash. Like it was probably still pretty necessary. 2020 was not a year of things that I wanted. It was a year of things that I needed. That was That's good. like, yeah. that's how I describe it. Like I thought I wanted to be all these different things. And I wanted this and I wanted to move and just keep moving forward. But I was realizing like I was using so much energy on different things that I was losing my energy. And, you know, you have to fill yourself up in order to fuel others. Like you only give people what you have. And I needed a moment to just slow down and refocus and realign my goals with what I need and get rid of what I want because they're two different things. And I'm really focused on what I need right now. It's not what I want anymore. And I love that. Yeah. I completely, that's so true. Yeah. I feel like I've been able to like really refine certain areas of my life and pick up other areas, manifest, and it's just all together. Like a certain areas have like, I've been able to water them so they can blossom more. Whereas they're yeah. kind of drying up in 2019 because I just wasn't able to give them like the attention that they needed. For the gardeners out there who are going to respect my gardening. Right? Yeah. I love it though. I mean, I feel I'm more of a, like a cactus. Like I don't water myself enough, but you know, you do need to water yourself every now and then. I'm definitely like a cactus or like, succulent I myself. for sure. I'm usually more of a succulent. Yeah, I'm like a succulent. I definitely yeah. don't like hydrate enough and I <laughs> definitely need to focus on self-care, but like people like succulents. So like here I am. I'm like, I'm really with them. it's a trend right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Other people, they're like these perfect roses and they just like blossom and they're always watered and they go to the spa and, oh, I know. you know, and I'm like, ain't got time for that friends. I'm a succulent. <laughs> and I know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm the yellow rose of Texas. That's like my coined name. That's what I'm known as. And I'm oh, like, I'm a succulent. Yes. Let's be honest. I'm really a succulent. <laughs> I love that. It's like, you are the yellow rose. Is it because of the yellow dress? Is that why? Yeah. Well, I actually, so I had a blog. I don't use it anymore. I should probably bring it back. I'm thinking about bringing it back, but I had a blog called Yellow Rose. Okay. And like, should I bring it back? But it was talking about motivational things and just, you know, a lot of people always, I was, I travel a lot and people were like, I want to know like your travel guides and like your skincare routine and all the like little things like that. And I loved it, but I I wanted it to be more than what it was. I was like, I want to go deeper. Like I want to talk about meaningful things, not just like Mm. makeup and what's my top five favorite beauty products. Like I wanted it to be so much more, but I was working full time. I went to school full time. I was like, this is really hard. I was like, you know, I put it on the back burner, but then I wore my yellow dress. And so everyone's like yellow roses to match her yellow dress. Megan Ellis said that she was a Miss Texas USA. And she said that. And I was like, everyone's like, she's the yellow rose of Texas. I was the first like person to win in a color. If you've watched Miss Texas, you would know. We only wear white, silver, nude, or gold. Those are the only colors that we wear. Because that's like what everyone's like, that's what you win in. You win in white, you win in silver. So I was like, I don't want to wear white or silver. I don't want to wear that at all. Like we're going to share a photo of I you in that it. yellow What's dress. Funny is, yeah, we'll post it. You'll see it. What's funny is that Sherry, 
the year before when I decided to compete three weeks before Miss Texas, I got swindled into it. I like walked into model for Sherry and she goes, saw your headshot for Miss Texas. What are you going to wear? And I was like, good question. I was like, let's figure that out. And she wanted me to wear yellow. And I looked at her, this was the year before. And I said, Sherry, no one will ever win Miss Texas in a yellow gown. It will never happen. Never. Amazing. No one. It's always white. I was like, white, nude, silver, gold. That's what I want to wear. She goes, okay. And so I wore a nude silver gown and I made top 15. And that's as far as I went, which I was fine with. Cause you know, three weeks of prep, that's really amazing for Miss Texas, you know, yeah, yeah. come back and be like, I'm back again. It's been three years since I've competed. I made top 15. I was really proud of that goal. And then this year I wore yellow and I was just like, let's be different. I want to be myself. That was the number one thing when I competed this year. I was like, I'm just going to be myself. It's all I want. I was like, yeah. I want to just go on stage, have the time of my life, be Taylor Kessler, not be Miss Texas, not give them what they want, be me. And it worked. And I think that's like the best piece of advice I can give to girls now. I'm like, don't go trying to be something. Be yourself. Okay. That's all you need. <sighs> yes, but I wore yellow and it like didn't work for me. <laughs> and yellow. So the world can't see us right now, but I'm wearing all yellow and um, my background. I have yellow stuff because yellow Everyone is my has yellow stuff. I just sold my yellow Mini Cooper last week. So like yellow is the signature color. But when I, I wore it. yellow on stage, it was like, girl, what are you doing right now? Like, this is all very confusing. And I think it's for me, what I learned, I learned so much about branding through pageantry. Yeah. And I'm kind of always known as like the Navy Lieutenant when I go into pageants. Yeah. And so my dresses, like we weren't really synonymous with my brand. Like they weren't really like regal or classy the first two-ish years I competed. So by the time... I competed at California. It was like, okay, I want to go with something that is like fashionable and I love, but it also needs to be kind of on brand. Like it needs to be something that a Navy, Mm -hmm. that makes sense that a Navy Lieutenant would be wearing on stage. You know what I mean? So when I popped out in my like bright yellow ball gown, it was like, wait, Mm -hmm. what? I don't understand that. Yeah. So my coaches were like, let's be like a little bit more strategic. So that way the judges aren't like, wait, who is that? And so I'm not like wearing some multicolored floral prints, you know? <laughs> and they're like, I thought you were like a Navy Lieutenant. What's happening right now? And so, yeah. So that's my piece style. of advice. As <laughs> I feel like it just like for you, it, it makes sense for me. Not so much. Like don't overthink it. It's actually like, it's not as hard as you think. Once my coach yeah. said that, I was like, oh, duh. Like, just don't be confusing. Don't be confusing yeah. when you go on stage. Like, that's the thing. Well, I wouldn't have thought that about your dress. Like, I watched you compete. I loved your dress, obviously, yellow. But <laughs> I, like, love it. But I'm just, like, for me, I guess my brand is vi- – so I always say I am not your pageant girl. Like, I don't love – I'm not the Texas pageant girl. I don't love big hair. I don't love lots of makeup. I want to keep it very natural, very sleek, very edgy. I'm very fast forward moving. Like I wore a sleek, straight hair look with a slit up the dress, like up to high heaven. The year Pia did it for Philippines before she had one Miss Universe. And I was obsessed. I was like, I'm going to do that at Texas. I did it at Texas when I was 18. And I kid you not, people were like, why is her hair straight? Why isn't she trying? What is she doing? And like now that's like the trend. So I think it's all with timing too. I think Texas was ready for me to like 
evolve and like move yeah. forward and like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to bring Texas glamour and I'll do it well. I'll I, execute it. But I, I love, love just like the simplistic look. I love that. Well, this obviously has to take a ton of confidence. You just radiate confidence. And as we near the end of the pod, I want to get into confidence. You know, you maybe yeah. you always were just like the most confident human being in the entire earth, but that's something that I feel like you have always exuded, like following you on social media. You've been doing 30 days of Tay, which I think is so adorable leading to Miss USA. But even before that, even like when you were crowned, like your photos, like you just, you radiate it. But what is very misunderstood is that, you know, it just happens overnight or it happens when you put a crown on your head or the day that you get crowned, like it's because you're just like the most confident human being ever. Like that's not the case. Like it's an evolution. I know that, you know that. <laughs> so you know, where did your confidence journey really begin and, and what tips do you have for the girls out there who are trying to grow? The journey is everlasting. I mean, I'm still working on confidence to this day. Like I'm not the most confident person every single day, but I show up when I need to show up. And that's the most important thing. Growing up wasn't your typical pageant girl that you see. Like I was a tomboy. Like I kid you not, I was out there roughing it with the boys I was in the dirt, like digging for bugs. Like I used to go catch tadpoles and I would like bring them home and be like, mom, I'm going to make a little tadpole farm and like have frogs. And she thought it was the weirdest child. Probably, <laughs> I didn't brush my hair. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I didn't brush my hair. And like, like, I just didn't care. Like when I was younger, I was just a little rascal. Like I was literally running around my neighborhood reckless, like just doing as many activities outside as I could. Like I didn't care about makeup and, you know, growing up, like, I didn't always look this way. I like, I mean, I looked the same way as I did when I was younger. Like you can definitely tell that it was me, but I had like these extreme features that like not many children had at my age. And I grew up in a neighborhood where like brown hair and brown eyes was not like your typical norm. And so I was kind of outcasted in a way. I'll never forget like this little boy every single day because my head was too big for my, your head was too big for your body. body. And, like I had these big eyes and like really oh. sharp cheeks and yeah. Like I used to be called Rats doll, like, cause I was <gasps> super oh. taller than everybody. Everyone was like, she's like this massive girl, <laughs> like this massive monster. I was like a gentle giant. And I was just like ashamed of the way I looked. Like I thought I was the ugliest person in the world. Like I hated the way I looked growing up. And it took a lot of inward connection for me to find out like God made me this way. Like he made me this way for a reason. And you know, you shouldn't hate yourself just because your eyes are too big or your cheekbones are too defined. Like come to find out those are some of my favorite like features about myself now because it makes me uniquely who I am. Like, and now knowing my heritage of like knowing that I'm Cherokee Indian, it makes sense. And like, I'm so proud of that because it shows who I am. I wouldn't be here now. You know, I wouldn't be doing what I am doing. I let what he said affect me. I was not confident at all growing up and I was just just insecure about it. So many different things. I was like, not the prettiest girl in school, but I was driven and competitive. And that was my edge. That made me who I was. The way I was the most confident when I was younger was in sports. I just excelled when it came to athletics. And I think that's made me who I was. I was like, if I can channel that confidence in who I am, not just in a sport, I can overcome so many different things. So I admired my sister growing up. She was probably the most outgoing person you'll ever meet. She is three years older than me. And so I idolized her as a child. She was the type of person that did not care what anybody, 
anybody thought about her. She was going to do it. If she wanted to wear one striped sock that was purple and one zigzag sock that was orange, she would because she thought it was the coolest thing and she owned every moment. And I looked up to that and I was like, I just can never be that way. Like I never knew how to channel that. And she was like, the way you channel it is just loving who you are first and foremost. That's the most important thing. Just love who you are and you can do anything. And I was like, well, I don't love who I am. She goes, well, you should. She's like, you're going to grow up. There are going to be so many girls that will look up to you when you're older and think, wow, I want to be like her. Wow. I want to do that. Like, look how she's done this. Like, look how she's overcome. Like, all the obstacles she's overcome. Like she isn't just a pretty face. Like she's driven and she works in a great job and she's Miss Texas. Like she always pushed me towards my dream. She was my biggest influence. And so it took a lot for me to realize that. And, you know, it starts little and you just every day look in the mirror and be like, I love myself. And then if you say it enough, it comes true. And just knowing that you are authentically who you are is the most important thing. And don't change yourself for anybody. And I think that's something that I really focus on with the younger generation now is that you see influencers, you see social media, and even my social media, I try to be as real and goofy and awkward as I really am (laughs) because that's who I am and just own it, like own who you are. And I think that's so important because everyone's like, oh, I want to be like this TikTok girl. I want to be like this skinny, like model that I see on Instagram. Like they don't even look like that. They don't even act like that because I can tell you I'm best friends with a lot of those girls. And if you get to see us, like we don't have a camera in front of our face. We are probably the goofiest, most awkward, like bunch of girls you've ever met. And like, we aren't just what we see on social media. And I think that it's really important for me to use. Like, I want you to see that and be like, oh, like she can be awkward. Like she is a goofball. And I think that's what I'm doing with 30 days of Tay now. Like I was super awkward, just this goofball (laughs) of a person. And I think that's what I want people to realize because that's what's beautiful. Like that's what makes you confident is being who you are. Like it's not just what's on the outside anymore. It's definitely loving who you are on the inside. And once I realized who I loved on the inside, everything came so easily for me because I stopped caring about what other people think because it's all about what I think. And if I'm happy with myself, I'm going to go far. I know that. So you just have to stop listening to the noise on the outside and just listening to what's on the inside. I love that. If you're happy with yourself, you're going to go far. That is so, 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 so true. Because I feel like people who are really unhappy with themselves are just like stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. And they are constantly, mm-hmm. like they, they need to start with themselves first. Like that loving themselves process. Also, I've said this before, but my mom, she always said, pretty is as pretty does. And I've met some mm-hmm. beautiful, radiant women, but they just they don't have very pretty personalities. And it just immediately detracts mm-hmm. from that. You know, you're just like, dang it. Like, you're so pretty. But then they just don't act very pretty. But then I've met some women who maybe they aren't supermodels, but they have like the best heart. And you're like, wow, you were astonishingly beautiful, you know, because of your heart. And then you meet people like you who are like radiant and you have this beautiful heart on the inside. And it just makes me love you even more because you're such a great like representative of, of having both. And I think that is very misunderstood because sometimes, you know, there's such a stigma behind beauty. And then women are like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, life must be just so hard if you're beautiful. Like how hard is life? And it's like, well, we're not saying life is hard. We're saying like people are very quick to judge. Very quick to judge. Yeah, 100%. They think you're rude or you're not as goofy. You're not as authentic. And it's like, 
just because you're beautiful or just because you put on more makeup or just because you know how to use like conditioner in your hair, you know how to put styling products or whatever, like it doesn't mean you're, you know, you're any less authentic or fun or, you know, relatable or anything like that. So I think the influencer piece kind of cracks me up because I'm thinking about all my friends who are influencers, especially the ones I've met through the Sports Illustrated Swim Search. And I'm like, behind the scenes, geez, (laughs) they're all just so normal. Yeah. Don't believe what you see on Instagram all the time, peeps. Like it's, it's so, you and it's like so professional nowadays. Like it's like a professional platform. It's not the real way of someone that someone's perceived. Yeah. And I think it's really important to like hone in on that because I do like my best friends are all influencers. And I'm just like, I get so many questions. There's one of my friends that's like, in general, I'm sure everybody knows who it is. And they're like, is she real? Is she really like that? Like, how is she? I'm like, she is the most down to earth, goofy, like sweetest. Like you just want to squeeze her when you're with her because she's just so nice. And she's actually very shy when you first get to know her. And then you see her on social media and she's like got 800,000 followers, like has this huge platform. And she's not like what you see on social media. People are like, oh, she must be so cold or like mean. And I'm like, no, like... Complete opposite. I was like, you would love her. Like that's. So, I think so you are who you you hang out with. Like you are definitely who you hang out with. And I think that if you got to meet us and you got to know us, like you would see that we're so much more than a pretty face. And that's why I love competing in pageants because, like, the sixty eight women that form me for Miss USA, like they aren't just beautiful women. They are educated and like driven and so talented and just have the heart of gold because we're not doing this for ourselves. We're doing it for others as well. And I think that's the one thing I wish people would see, like when they get to know us, like the people I've met that have seen me go through this journey of Miss Texas, they're like, wow, like there's so much to it. You have to have a platform. You have to have a message. You have to be working on something. Like it's not just about being a beautiful person anymore. It's like who you are on on the inside and what you can bring to the table. Absolutely. And like you said, you're not just doing this for yourself. You're doing it for others. That's something that people, they just don't get that. They don't get that point. I'm not just posting on social media because I have like this huge personal gain. I'm not doing this California USA for this huge personal gain. I'm not doing Sports Illustrated for this huge personal gain. I'm not making money from all of these things. Like, you know, if I had won Miss California USA, I wasn't going to be getting a paycheck. (laughs) Like, that's not why I'm doing it. It's because of the inspiration that comes from it. The people that, you know, see your story and then they pursue passions and they pursue Mm -hmm. things that they wouldn't have done had you not reached for that dream or accomplished that journey. And that is what drives you. But people don't really see that aspect of it. They just see like the crown, the sash and the dress. And they're like, it's just because she wants to wear a pretty gown. And you're like, there's a lot lot more to it than that, sister. Let me tell you, you're misunderstood, friends. Definitely. I said, I was was like, I am the title holder for misunderstood. You did. Yes. (laughs) I meant to say that at the beginning. Like I meant to introduce and be like, you said, I am the title holder for misunderstood. But actually, that's a perfect. I'm like way. not Miss Texas anymore. <laughs> I am misunderstood. Misunderstood. Um, that I mean, that's how the podcast came about because I was talking to one of my coaches, and you know, I thought that I needed to win Miss California USA to start a podcast. It was like I need like a title. I need like just something in my resume to kick off a podcast, so I can be like, "Hi, I'm Kelly Hall. I'm Miss California USA. Yeah. I have a podcast." Well, I didn't win, and then I sat on it, and they were like, "Wait." Pff, why do you need a win to do a podcast? Like you could still do all these things and have a podcast. And they were like, well, you're very misunderstood. And I'm like, misunderstood? That's it. I love it. I'm being misunderstood. So I have it. I'm right here. I'm showing her my 
letterings misunderstood. Boom. You probably can't I love it. it's no, backwards. It's so good. But on that note, Taylor, if you can just quickly summarize, how do you feel, and you probably already said it, but how do you feel the most misunderstood? Just like we talked about before, you know, just being labeled by my looks and what's on the outside. And if you really got to sit down and have a conversation with me, or you get to listen to this whole podcast, you will see that I am so much more than what's on the outside. I have some things that I've been through, but that doesn't define me. I let what I've been through let me grow. I can move forward, be compassionate, be strong, and be the independent woman that I was meant to be. I always say I'm not fragile like a flower. I'm fragile like a bomb. Oh, yes, baby. I love that. Oh, my God. I have actually never heard that, and I think that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. It's from Ruth. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, well, that's amazing. I love that some of those quotes are resurfacing right now because they're so powerful. Seriously. But you know what? I think think that God, like, he gives everyone – like skills and talents and qualities for a reason. And the same thing with looks, like he gives women certain looks or certain features for a reason, whether it's a voice or it's a set of eyes or it's Cindy Crawford Mm -hmm. and her powerful mole, you know, whatever it is. And for you, like you have this astonishingly edgy look that really sets you apart. It caught my attention. Like it really does but that could be your microphone, like to get you on the Miss USA stage, to really set you apart, to speak your voice. Like that is what this competition is. If it wasn't about that, it would be a radio show. So like use that, use that skill, like go out and make a difference because you really have this potential. And I'm so happy I got to meet you. You are an angel. You are the yellow rose. Thank you. Really, really are. Tell the audience how can they find you? How can they follow you through your journey to Miss USA? So I have several social media. You can find the first one being personal, which is Taylor Lee Kessler. It's T-A-Y-L-O-R-L-E-I-G-H Kessler K-E-S-S-L-E-R. And then of course my Miss Texas Instagram, which is Miss T X USA. You can find me on those and I also have Facebook as well. Not really very virtual on Facebook, but you can find me on Instagram. Okay. I love that. Well, best of luck to you as you get ready to leave for Miss USA. I'm going to be cheering you on. This was just so incredible. I really feel like I got to know you better and I know our pageant fans are going to be so pumped to get to know you better. I know you're a fan favorite. You're one of my favorites too. So best of luck to you, Taylor. Go Go (laughs) Thank you. Hey, 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 guys, welcome back. Uh, That was just so awesome talking to Taylor. What an incredible episode. I feel like she was so transparent and amazing. Thank you so much, Taylor, for being on the show. I'll get right back into questions with Kelly, another installment. Thanks so much for your questions. I love answering them. First up, we have a question from Miss McKenna. Do you find it difficult to show your personality while leading people at work? Yes, I do. But you know, it's definitely a continuous struggle just because when I first entered the Navy, you know, I was told to hide it. I was told not to be super goofy or bubbly or outgoing and to be serious in order to be taken seriously as a member of the Navy. Now, I definitely don't do that because I was so exhausted from hiding that side of myself. I'm very lighthearted and goofy. I think if I have to give any advice, it's just time and a place. 
I am not the kind of person that can be buttoned up all the time. It's just impossible. I have to be lighthearted. I have to be social. I have to take an interest in everyone. I'm going to want to talk to you like a human being. I'm going to want to goof around. i naturally quirky. I just can't help it. Sometimes without even trying to be funny, my sailors are just laughing at me and they're like, ma'am, you're so funny. And I'm like, whoops, that slipped. Wasn't trying to be funny there. But it just they just know me as someone who's quirky. And then I have a large social media following on my Navy social media account, Lieutenant Hall. They obviously know I'm not this robot on there. So I think just being transparent with your personality is going to shine through. But I also get down to business when necessary. You know, I make sure they take deadlines seriously and they take me seriously whenever I'm, you know, giving orders or whatever the task is at hand. So it definitely, you know, there's a time and a place. I'm just, it's not all fun and games, but I think for the most part, I just, it calls for me to be lighthearted and I can be myself. Great. But that's where that leadership kicks in. And I think I've really worked hard to try to find that balance so that way they do take me seriously. So I don't have to be a robot, but you know, I'm also not a jokester. So that's why I have a lot of friends outside the military so I can be goofy and lighthearted all the time. And when I'm around Austin, I'm just a nutcase. And sometimes he's like, I can't even believe her in the Navy. And I'm like, I know, because I'm just a, a wild kook around him all the time. All right. Next question. This is an anonymous question. How have you gained more confidence over time? I would highly recommend you get involved in as many things as possible. That is how I have gained confidence over time. I've always been a pretty confident person, but starting from a very, very young age in the fourth grade, I did theater just randomly and I did well at it. That built my confidence. You know, in the sixth grade, I did the school news, tried out for that, and I made it, and that built my confidence. In the eighth grade, I tried for field hockey. I made that team. I was terrible, but guess what? That helped me uh, learn teamwork and socialize and build my confidence in a different way. It also helped me find something that maybe I didn't excel at, but I think it's good to find a balance of things that you're good and you're bad at. Then I went into high school, and I did track, and I did you know, the yearbook. And then I went into college and I did track and the dance team. And now as an adult, I, you know, I got into pageantry and I got into modeling and photography and now it's podcasting and sports illustrated swim surge. It's just, I've dabbled in a lot of different things. Some I've fallen flat on my face. Others I've excelled at. Others I've plateaued at, but whatever it is, do it, have an open mind and learn about yourself in the process. And it's going to build so much confidence. And my last question for you guys is, can we hear a quick story about anything from a high school? Oh, man. Anything from a high school? Yes, you can hear a story about high school. I feel like I talk about high school all the time because I was just so weird. But I did do the school news every single day in high school, 10th grade through 12th grade because you couldn't do it as a freshman. And I've mentioned this before, but I dressed so well as a high schooler. And by so well, I didn't mean, I don't mean like most fashionable. I mean like so professional. (laughs) I'm such a dork. I dressed so professional because in my mind, 
my mom taught me like you show up for the job that you wanted. So she like, you know, taught me like you show up for your tests and you dress well and you perform well and it's like a job interview and you just train your brain to take yourself more seriously when you dress well. So even like during quarantine, I would not just wear sweatpants every single day. Like I would put on normal clothes because I went back to that high school mentality of like dress for the job that you want or you, you know, you perform better if you're dressed nicely. So in high school, I did the same thing. I would just dress really nicely because I would take myself more seriously if I was dressed well. So because of that, most kids who did the school news, they would bring in like a a coat jacket or they'd put a, you know, a suit and tie in their locker to like change into during that period and throw it on for the 10 minutes we did the school news. I never had to do that because I always dressed professional for school. (laughs) I'm a loser. And I carried a briefcase to school. It was bright blue. That's all you need to know, folks. <laughs> a couple new things about your host you probably didn't know before. But thanks so much for tuning in for your, this installment of Questions with Kelly. As always, if you have questions for me, please send them my way. I would love to hear them. I love your questions. And I'm so grateful for you guys. Until next week, tune in again for Misunderstood every Tuesday. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you're looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.